it is happening. Our Costa Rica retreat is now available for signing up, and I will be there with you all. We are going to Costa Rica, a sacred spiritual place that is filled with not only amazing forestry and waterfalls, but also a essence that you have to be there to be able to fully understand. We have a full January 12th through 15th lineup of both Western and Eastern practices to help you not only grow on your spiritual journey, but also heal from any setbacks or trauma that has been holding you back for too long. I am so grateful and have been working very hard with Tanya, my co-host, to make sure that this is everything it needs to be for you all, including a self-defense class, Tantra, NLP, plant ceremonies, and more. So go ahead and check it out on the flyingwithair.com website where you can not only put in your $500 deposit, but you can also go ahead and take advantage of that early bird special. We have a limited amount of spots, and I definitely want to see you there. If you've ever needed spiritual coaching or you wanted to come around like-minded individuals, now is your moment. Until then, good vibes and love, and thank you for healing and growing with me today. Hi, everyone. Air here. Today, we're going to talk about spirituality in a whole different new way. We want to talk about it, what it's like whenever a Southern Belle or someone that's from the South States of the United States is experiencing spirituality for the first time or is trying to experience it in a whole new way. As we know, the Southern States are known for being more based in Christianity and old school traditions and values, which I personally love because I grew up in the Southern States. But I also know that a lot of people, whenever they're introduced to spirituality or what it means for them, can get a little bit confused. So I have an expert with me, whether she thinks so or not, Nikki Verdeen out of Nashville, one of the most iconic cities in the South, to be able to talk about spirituality as a Southern Belle and how it looks like in her life and in the culture of Nashville. Without further ado, welcome to the show, Nikki. Hi, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. When I saw your profile and I was getting to know you, I was like, she's going to be able to bring something to the table that I'm going to be able to pull out of her or she's just going to, you know, explode in vibrancy. So. Oh, I hope so. I hope so. I'm definitely not an expert in this, but um, I am an expert in, in living in Nashville, I guess, by default. I <laughs> I love that. So can you give everyone just a little bit of a background? Um, obviously, you live in Nashville, but what do you do? What's your experience? Yeah, so I'm a morning news anchor at the ABC station here in Nashville. I have lived in Nashville for a little over six years, but I'm a native Tennessean. I've just moved around a lot for my career. I'm married to my husband, Justin, and we have a little girl named Andy, and I think that about covers it. And then when I talk about spirituality, what does that mean for you? Like, are you religious in your spirituality? Are you non-religious? I am religious. Um, I, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And um, I've seen the power of God in my life and in, in others' lives as well. And then how do you think that translates to Nashville? Would you say that everyone in Nashville is a Christian or a majority or 
Do you think it's just kind of a hodgepodge? Uh, I think it's definitely a hodgepodge. I think, you know, old school Nashville being in the Bible Belt, I think it was definitely more religious and specifically Christian. But over the years, as Nashville has grown, it's become more transient. You know, we're a big city now. I mean, not compared to LA and New York and Chicago, but we are a big city where people are moving here from all over the country. It's not just if you grew up in Tennessee, you live in Nashville. If you grew up in an outside county, you live here. There are people from all over who might not necessarily have our traditional um, upbringing where you you grow up and you go to church and, and that's just the way it is here. So I think spirituality for a lot of people here means different things than it used to think. It, it used to be. We have a lot of different cultures here. We have a lot of people who are of Muslim religion. We have um, a lot of Jewish people who are now living here in Nashville. We have a beautiful Jewish center and it's it's growing and expanding and it's beautiful to see all these different types of people here and, and to be exposed to that. Would you say that spirituality always has to tie into your religion? No, definitely not. In fact, I, I have friends who will say, you know, I'm I'm spiritual, but not in a religious sense. I believe in a higher power, but I'm not sure what that looks like. And, you know, I, of course, I don't judge that at all. It's whatever floats your boat, what I like to say. But yeah, I think for a lot of people, especially in a growing city like Nashville, which is a bit more cosmopolitan than it used to be, or in a, in a place that I grew up, I grew up in a small town in East Tennessee. Um, spirituality was, was always religious based, but I don't think that's the way it is, um, especially not these days. I'm just kind of curious, um, for completely personal reasons, what part of East Tennessee did you grow up in? I'm from Kingsport, Tennessee, about an hour and a half east of Knoxville. I love that. So I grew up in, um, well, I grew up between Kodak, Tennessee, if you know yes. where that is. <laughs> I have a very good friend who lives in Kodak. So I grew up in Kodak, and then I also grew up partially in um, Gautenberg and Knoxville. Oh, so yes. for me, I was introduced very young age, just like you. It's like, okay, what is it to be Christian? And like, what mm -hmm. is that? That is spirituality as I was yeah. growing up. And my parents did this fun thing called divorce. I, I highly don't oh. recommend it for anybody, yeah. but it was the best thing for them. But as a result, I got introduced to a lot of different cultures between the Tennessean culture and then mm -hmm. like the international, like Scottish culture, as well as like the Australian. And cool. as I was growing up, I got to learn a lot about the differences of how people view spirituality. Mm -hmm. So that it's not necessarily just tied into the religion and right. being in major cities, whether it's Nashville or Kingsport and Kodak aren't major cities, but... <laughs> No, definitely not. By a long shot. But like, you know, Paris or, you know, London or Chicago, LA, New York, all these different places I've had the privilege to live. And I found out that spirituality can actually connect you to your religion or mm -hmm. it can connect you just to yourself. Yeah. So have you any like spiritual practices or anything that most people might not see as a spiritual practice, but you would count it mm -hmm. as your spirituality that connects you to your self-care? I mean, I think that can be such a broad question because, you know, sometimes I think just connecting with my family and taking care of myself can be a reflection of that, you know, le leading a, a good, healthy life, leading a productive life, leading a life that reflects God can be a practice of spirituality, right? Like it doesn't have to be necessarily going and, and sitting in the pews while that is a good and important thing to do as a, as a Christian. It's not necessarily like within those walls. Does that make sense? Of course. 
And then what does your self-care look like? Or do you work out? Do you go out in nature? You go to Not spa? as much. <laughs> I mean, I would like to do so much more than I do. Um, but as a working mom, it, it is difficult to find that time. But I, I do hot yoga and I love that. That is always a wonderful time for me, especially at the end of class with just the that that quiet time where you just sit there in the fetal position and you are just with yourself and your thoughts. And that is like a really beautiful, and for a lot of people that is spiritual. Um, but for me, I think that's a reflection of like taking care of my body that God gave me and honoring him through that. And so that is very important to me. Um, nature, yeah, I mean, it's usually not as much spiritual being out because I'm usually chasing my toddler, whatever she wants to do, you know, running down the street or, or chasing our dog or something. But again, like spending time with her, which is very important to me, is probably the most important thing in my life is in a way honoring him as well with this gift that he gave me and, and her who is a miracle. And I can tell you her story later. Um, I'm getting massage today. That is like my one, that is, it's, it's funny because I don't get them very often, but my husband's treating me for Mother's Day. So that is a bit of self-care. I guess I should say happy Mother's Day to you, Nikki. Thank you. Yeah, almost, almost. Almost. It was like, sometimes life just gets so ahead of you that you forget about these major holidays and you're like, Truly. oh, like, hi, yeah. it's Christmas. Yeah, <laughs> like, it happened. happened? <laughs> I'm curious because we do have a lot of mothers that, you know, listen in on the show or mm -hmm. are trying to balance that work life, spirituality, religion type of life. You have a daughter and you have a very young daughter. So she's very much, um, at this point where she's listening and she's absorbing and she's taking in the environment and everything that's being thrown out of her and trying to make her way and learn. So there's a huge emphasis on making our younger generation, especially our daughters and our sisters empowered and confident and have the self-esteem and to be able to make it, you know, in this world, because this world can be, you know, a scary place. It could be a dangerous mm -hmm. place, but it also can be a beautiful place. So, when I say the terminology of a, like a divine feminine or a goddess or a queen or, you know, an enchantress, whatever words you want to say <laughs> that are traditionally connected to spirituality, what do you envision for your next generation or for your daughter as she's growing up to affiliate with that? I mean, I love all those words. Those are all so beautiful. And if we are called any of those things, like what an honor, right, to be referred to as that. And so I feel the same way about my daughter. If, you know, I'm raising her to be very strong and feisty, but truthfully, I don't need to do much because she is already such a feisty little badass. When I tell you this girl, um, and I'll, I'll explain this by telling you a bit of her background. She was born at 28 weeks, very premature, and she weighed just one pound, four ounces when she was born. And she spent three months in the NICU. I didn't get to hold her for two weeks. So all of those things, I tell you all those things to, to be clear that she came into this world fighting and she became so feisty by default. And so I see all of those things in her and it's only growing. It, it's all good, right? Like I hate the, I hate calling our daughters stubborn um, because I think that just carries on into adulthood. You know, the, how we, how we look at men versus women being strong or being bitchy and, and that kind of dichotomy, if that makes sense. Um, I want to continue to call her strong and fierce and independent instead of stubborn and difficult. So I'm trying to be conscious and focus on that a lot. Um, did I answer your question? 
Of course. It's, okay. I'm very open-ended. I'm not a mother yet. So I'm just as curious for myself to see how strong women, empowered women, women in careers, women that, you know, decided to go a different direction to be like a mother full-time. How are they raising their daughters in a spiritual way? So it's, it's, it's hard. I mean, it's, it's not easy. I'm not going to lie, but, um, I do love that she sees me working. I mean, are there days that I would rather not go to work? Of course, but I, I work very early in the morning. I go to work at three o'clock in the morning and I get done around 11 AM noon. And when I leave work, I have about an hour to myself and then I go pick her up. And that to me is like the most important time because she sees me leaving for work. I come home from work in the morning. I get to see her on a quick lunch break. So she sees me in the morning. She knows mommy has to go to work. This is a sacrifice. She's not here with me. She's going to work. And then she sees me picking her up from school. And we have the whole afternoon together. So I want her to see that balance of doing both of a working mom, but then also my mom who's there for me. And then as she gets older and starts to have questions, I will say that our younger generation is way more open to spirituality or they call it mm -hmm. new age, or they're interested in like metaphysical type of things or crystals or yeah. um, herbalism, they're, they're very interested in this and things like social media, TikTok, Instagram really, you know, have made it rampant. When she starts asking those type of questions as a mother, what is your approach? Um, Cause I know that you want to guide her towards, yeah. you know, the higher, like higher way. And like, obviously we're both Christians. So we want to definitely introduce that into our daughters. So how would you approach that as like a spiritual mom when she starts asking questions about the universe or these tools? So in terms of crystals and all those things, I am fascinated by that world. I don't know anything about it and I would love to, but um, it's one of those things that's on my to-do list. Oh, I need to go learn more about that. I need to do this. I need to go get a crystal. I don't own one. I think it's beautiful and whatever brings people joy and peace, I'm all for. So if she asks me about that, I'll say, well, you need to call air because I don't know anything about it. So I'm going to send her to you. Um, and then maybe I'll join her so that we can learn together. But in terms of teaching her about God and everything, um, she is in a Christian school now. And it has been so special to hear her come home and sing these sweet little songs, you know, about Jesus loves me. And, and um, even talking about death and things has been really beautiful to, to see through her eyes, like such mm -hmm. a pure, I'll give you an example. Um, my, my cat, um, my beloved cat who I had for 19 years died last year. And my husband and I were like, well, how are we explaining to her? Like what happens, you know, and, and everything we read said, be honest with her and say, you know, they died, they are in heaven or whatever it is that you want to bring forth to them. And so that's what we told her. Louie died. He's in heaven. And she would bring it up every now and then. But then my grandfather, who was 90, almost 96 years old, died last year. And we were all very close to him. Andy and my grandfather had a very special bond. And we told her, granddaddy died, great granddaddy died. And, she, and the first thing she said was, he's with Louie in heaven. And I just thought, like, how beautiful and perfect and pure that is because that's what we all want, right? Like we all want to think that all of our loved ones who have gone before us are all together right now, happy and and filled with joy. Like, isn't that like such a pure, beautiful thing? Peaceful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I was just so proud that she put those two things together and, and, and thought that. Moving into that, as you're growing because she's learning and you're learning because that sounds like a learning experience when your daughter turns yeah. around and you're in grief, you're in pain and mm -hmm. you're kind of to an extent for being really brutally honest with each other, maybe even questioning things yourself. 
during those times. And so to have that pure essence kind of reflect back to you, I think is a form of spirituality because I yeah. do believe that community is very spiritual and who you surround yourself with. Totally. And, and you know, you, you say you're questioning those things. Of course we all do. Um, but then when you think that, and then I'm talking to her and I look at her who is a literal miracle on earth and what she went through to be here, you're just reminded of like, Oh no, there, there is something else there and you can't deny it. That's purpose. Yeah. Which brings me actually to one of my next questions. I have a whole list for you, <laughs> but the ideology that some people would say you either believe in manifestation or you believe in miracles, or basically you either believe in choice or you believe in fate. Where do you as a Southern Belle and then also personally um, fall on that spectrum? I believe in it all. I, I, the older I get, the more I believe that it doesn't have to be either or it's and it's both, you know, I'm, I, I think that we make choices, but I also think that fate plays a role in those things. I don't like to think that everything happens for a reason, but I like to think that we learn from things. Um, I don't believe in, you know, coincidences and things like that, but I, I do think that there is something there. There is someone there, there's God there guiding us along that path. I, I think we can believe in all of those things. One doesn't have to be mutually exclusive. Do you practice any form of manifestation, journaling, visualization, anything I would like that? To. I mean, I'll be on TikTok and I see these people like talking about manifestation. I try to try to do it, but I'm like, am I doing this wrong? Because I, I really want to, like, I'm super interested in it. And I think that manifestation doesn't have to be this like hocus pocus thing, right? It can just be like setting your intentions and working hard and focusing on something, which are all godly practices, right? Like to to honor him by working hard, by focusing and using the talents that he gave you to live out your purpose. Like that's manifestation, right? Mm, I love it. I love hearing your definition of it because that's another <laughs> thing that can really vary, to be honest yeah. with you, between different people, whether you consider yourself an expert or not an expert into it, not into, into it. I think all of us can relate to the fact that at some point in our life, we wanted something. Yeah. We asked for it. Like some people ask God, some people ask the universe, some people ask God and the universe because mm -hmm. we have the and people. I think we're both and people now. Yeah. And then depending on your next train of thought really depends on what moves forward. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you like three step breakdown to like manifestation. And okay, please do. Yeah. Make it. <laughs> so simple that it's not even like what some people would say like frou-frou it's just super simple I like three things in threes because threes is simple okay. so um ask ask is probably the easiest part but you have to really know what you're asking for so to so be specific be specific because if you ask for let's say um I don't know. What is something you want? And it can be like something like silly even, but like just something that you want right now. Um, oh my gosh, you put me on the spot. What is something that I want? <laughs> um, I want, oh my gosh, what do I want? I could go superficial here or I could go like big picture and, and I don't know. I mean, what do you suggest? Should I, should I, oh, let's just keep it simple. 
Yeah, I don't want to like have you spill out your guts if you don't feel comfortable. Just something, oh, you know, simple. No. Yeah, <laughs> I'll tell. I, I'm I'm an open book about about almost everything um, because it can only help others. What is something that I want? Oh, I know what I want. I want clarity about a big decision I am supposed to make about um, our house. Okay, clarity about a decision with your house. Okay. Are we trying to fix the house, want a new house, or sell a house? So, so we are trying to decide if we should build a house or not. Um, we have all the tools in place and everything to do, but I am very indecisive by nature, and I just don't know what the right thing to do is. You're going to love me by the end of this, Nikki. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So... We're going to shift you a little bit because this is actually okay. that first step again, the ask, right? Okay. Um, you're asking for clarity or for wisdom, which is beautiful mm -hmm. and very important, but I'm going to throw this at you. Um, the how doesn't matter. And that's where people really get caught up and mm -hmm. clarity is part of how. So what you really want is that dream home right you want that home that you got to build or you know your family just to share those thanksgiving dinners with and you know mm -hmm. bring people over maybe you want the wraparound porch like that is kind of the actual ask is like i want my dream home right so clarity is kind of like how are we going to get there or should i get there that in and out which i'll get to here in a moment because that's part of the third step but the ask has everything to do with that actual home that's going to bring you that happiness and that pleasure for you and your family. Mm -hmm. So your ask is going to have to get really picky on if you could have whatever your ideal home looked like and felt like and where it was, what is that? Which is where some people use different approaches. Some people might journal it out. Some people might sit down and meditate and visualize them being in their home around their family and like maybe their dog or, you know, whatever floats your boat, right? Mm -hmm. Or um, some people might visualize like how it feels to be in that home. And if they can't think of like how it looks, they're just like, okay, this is how this home makes me feel. Like hopefully, you know, warm and fuzzy and peaceful. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> but, and then other practices might be like, okay, they go draw it out, or they go and they start clipping things out of Homeland magazine and they like put it on a vision board. So these are all part of the ask, getting very nitty gritty and letting go of the control of it. Because this could be something for you, or maybe it doesn't resonate with you and that's okay. Some people get caught up on the fact that, well, it's going to cost a lot of money to build the house of my dreams. Or I might have to like think about a new school situation for my daughter or my son. And like they get caught up on all the details of like how it should be or like, um, can I do it? And they kind of go back and forth. So which leads me to my second thing. And this is a very peaceful, if you can really take it in approach is mm -hmm. the answer. And so I'll go ahead and label all three. That way it gets even more clear. There's the ask. Mm -hmm the answer and the allow. So they're all A's, triple A over here. <laughs> so the answer. Now you believe in God, I believe in God. I'm sure at some point in your life you prayed for something and you wanted that and you're like, please let it happen. 
and you didn't get it and you're like what like I wanted that like why did I not get this right and you kind of have this like again not a crisis of faith but like what like this doesn't make a sense type of thing now if you can also think of a time where you didn't necessarily ask for something but it happened and you're like how on earth did that happen to me like that doesn't make any sense and it goes down to that ask has to be really picky and the answer is always yes so that is like a law of the universe like god is always saying yes to us like he wants us to be happy like he didn't bring us into this world to be miserable and to work you know horrible jobs and to you know be surrounded by people that don't love us he brought us in this world to have a relationship with him and or they or almighty however you approach it and then also everybody on this journey we weren't born to pay to live on the earth we were born to play and explore and you know grow and take care of the earth mm-hmm. so the answer is always yes and there's plenty for everybody but also the answer is always yes so if you are trying to manifest something and you've asked for something but you're thinking about the negative things affiliated with it, you're getting the answer yes. If you say, I can't afford that dream home, I really want that dream home, but I can't afford it, then the answer is gonna be yes. You can't afford that dream home, no matter how much you want it, because you are resisting yourself here. And so being in check and kind of understanding your mental health and your self care Mm -hmm. is a huge form of spirituality if you're trying to attract something or manifest it for yourself and your family. And then you get to the last one, which is the allow. Now this is where people get tripped up and they're like, I don't understand how manifestation works. I can't make it work for me. Yeah. Is the allow process is understanding that whatever you're trying to attract and bring into your life, it could be a home, it could be a job promotion, it could be a relationship, it could be a child, you have to be in complete synergy with that item or with that energy or with that person. I always say this to young women that are trying to look for their soulmate or their husband. And I'm sure you've had some girlfriends in the past are like, I cannot meet a good guy. (laughs) But they haven't been really picky on what type of guy they wanted, right? Their ask was a little bit shuffled. They were kind of taking whatever they could get. And then the answer was always yes. So they were like, okay, I'd start dating this guy, but something wrong is going to happen. You know, like they, you know, mess up their answer a little bit, but then they're not being the type of person that would be great for that relationship. Or in this case, if you're not allowing yourself to be the type of person that deserves that type of home and, you know, deserves to be able to have a place of like your dreams and, can afford it and you're not in resonance with that because there's fear or there's like some type of resistance. I always explain to people in a very metaphorical way, especially if they're not introduced to spirituality, like you say that this is new to me, imagining you're driving a car down, you know, um, what is that road? I-95, is that our highway up there? <laughs> yeah, we got, and we got a few, but yeah. Imagine you're driving down I-95 and you're going, um, I don't know, let's say you're going to like a huge national concert because, you know, there's a national concert out there somewhere. And you're like, I'm so excited to get there. I've been working towards this. I asked God if I could have the money to go, go, uh, go for it. And it's my favorite artist. And you're driving as fast as possible. 
um, you know, legally, which is, I think is like 70 up there. So like legally, and um, there's a tree in the middle of the road for whatever reason, and you hit the tree. That's a really, really hard stop to where you can't get what you're trying to have, right? Mm-hmm. Now, most people will be like, well, that tree is their resistance to being able to afford that concert or to be able to afford what they're trying to get. And it's a really yeah. hard stop. And it keeps you from being able to allow what you're manifesting, which in this case is going to that concert. So most people will be like, okay, what's my next approach? Well, instead of figuring out how do I remove the tree from my interstate, they just think, well, maybe I'll slow down. And the slow down can result in looking like, okay, well, I'll save up enough money. And, you know, I will make sure that everything is all perfect before I make any decisions or I'll be hot and I'll be cold and I won't be all in with the relationship or with the manifestation or, you know, whatever it is they're trying to bring in. So they slow down the car. But if we're still heading in the same direction, even if we're going 40 miles per hour, because we still want to go to that concert, but there's a tree in the middle of the road, we're still going to hit the tree. It's not going to be as like impactful than like Mm -hmm. the 70 or the 100 miles per hour, but we're still going to hit that resistance versus if you really want to manifest, you got to take out all of these negative associations that you have with what you're trying to accomplish, which part of that might be for you, the hot and cold. I don't Mm -hmm. know your story on that one, but like a lot of um, people that say they're indecisive, it's more like they tiptoe in and they tiptoe out. (laughs) Yeah, I'm, I'm, we're very, very indecisive right now, Hotman, and that's a perfect way to, to explain it. And it makes so much sense because I'm just thinking about all the obstacles. You know, is this the right thing to do? Are we being greedy because we're very happy and everything's fine where we are? Um, should we do this because we'll have to move out of our current house to, to rent for a little bit while we build our dream home? It's a lot of big decisions. Yeah, and I'm 100% understand. 100% understand. I know there's all things out there and you say the word greed and that mm-hmm. makes me want to touch my heart. I know you can't see me right now. <laughs> the ideology that spiritual women and religious women and women that grew up in Tennessee in general, I have noticed that they think for whatever reason, if somebody else is wearing a crown, they can't wear the crown too. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you remember like those county fair pageants or, (laughs) you know, like there can only be one on the billboard type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. In reality, if the answer is always yes, the answer is always yes for everybody. It's not like a secret that I know or a secret now that Nikki knows that she can't go Mm -hmm. share with her friends or girlfriends is just because Nikki's wearing a crown and that crown is exactly like what she wanted. She wanted sapphires and, you know, silvers and to highlight her beautiful eyes. And, you know, she wanted it to be this tall. Doesn't mean that I can't have my crown too. My crown's just going to be slightly different because I have Mm -hmm. a slightly different want. And Nikki's not greedy for wanting what she wants. She has this desire and she has this ask because it's deep in her heart that this is going to be fulfilling for her. And it's going to be awarded to her, especially since she's in resonance with it. She's not taking away from it. 
And she's only trying to do something that's going to bring greater joy to people around her and that love her and care about her. So there's really a wonderful way to put it. Like, don't feel a greed is such an interesting word to me. If you're being greedy because you're stealing something from somebody, then that's greed. But just because you want something doesn't mean you're greedy. It just means you have a heart desire. So I think I think the word greed probably just comes from I, I see other people with less fortunate and I think, gosh, I, we should be perfectly happy in this in this beautiful home. You know, it's wonderful. Why do I have why do why do I need more? You know? Mm-hmm. My <laughs> and this is about you. This interview's for you, but hopefully <laughs> this is helping everybody, it is. especially yeah. with um spirituality in the southern culture mm-hmm. is yes. It is a fact. We've been there. I know you've walked on the streets of Nashville and you've seen some homeless. And I know that you've seen people that are less fortunate. Mm-hmm. And the goal that I would say is, yes, we always want to appreciate everything we have. Like appreciation and love are the highest of the spectrum that we can have. Mm-hmm. Now, it, do we have a responsibility to help others? Yes. And I truly believe that we have a responsibility to teach others. So if we have the ability to teach um, someone that is on hard times, or maybe something that just happened to chance, because there's always, you know, um, you're manifesting your thoughts and your circumstances, no matter what. But if we can teach others, um, especially going through hard times, it doesn't even have to be homelessness, just a hard time in general of Okay, how can we empower you to have the education that you need and to understand how the laws of the universe work and that there's no lack. If you can start visualizing, you can start seeing yourself there, then that's going to uplift everybody. And I believe that the Southern culture has told us, you know, as a Southern belle, just be content, go, go be pretty, go sit down, go serve mm-hmm. others all the time and i'm just curious well now that we've actually really got in there how would you define the southern bell in your in your point of view um, um i think she's strong i think she's independent i think she tries to do it all um you know i, I look at my mother who was born and raised in nashville who went to college on dean's list at vanderbilt and then met my father and while my dad was at war, she raised three children, um, had her firstborn me while my dad was overseas. And that to me is a Southern Belle, somebody who is strong and independent um, and fiercely loyal. And she worked the whole time we were children. I mean, just that to me is a Southern Belle. When other people approach it, you've been able to be introduced to so many different cultures now being in Nashville. Do you think anyone thinks less than or feels bad for Southern Bells because of the societal pressures that they get put on? Um, maybe. Yeah. And I also think maybe they maybe don't feel bad for us, but maybe look down on us. Like, um, you know, when we say things like bless your heart or something, you know, they might think that our our way of life is a bit what's the word I'm looking for? sort of looking for and just don't understand it you know they might just think that you know us wanting to live in a place like nashville and not want to live in new york or something and they might feel sorry for us or something um 
when all we want is just this beautiful, like simple life. Does that make sense? Definitely. I have always felt like when I'm explaining the Southern culture to <laughs> other people, because I've lived all over the world at this point, and currently I live in Miami, and people, they were like, hey, you've lived in Tennessee, so you're like a Southern Belle. And I'm like, well, first off, I've got to define what a Southern Belle is. <laughs> yeah. I'm not ever so lucky to call myself a Southern Belle, because you don't mess with the Southern Bells. Like, right. they are sweet. Right. They know how to cook. I don't know how to cook. I, I don't can cook teach you manifestation. But yeah. I can't cook. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was like, but they are relentless. And mm -hmm. what I have found with them is a large majority of them believe on just faith, whether it's God or whether it's in themselves or whether it's in the universe. Mm -hmm. They have this unbreakable faith that I have not really seen in any other culture of women to that extent. And yeah, it makes me really wonder, like, and I'm going to feed this back to you because I've pondered on this and I haven't been able to come to a conclusion. Do you have an idea on why that could be the case? I don't. Um, and that's a wonderful point. I, I totally agree with that. And maybe it's just because that's just how we were raised. Um, and then, also, maybe that's what we are immersed in all the time. You know, that's what we see and we feel. So it's undeniable almost. <laughs> There's something in the water is what I guess we can say. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> There's another seven thing. You don't see something in the water. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So before I let you go, Nikki, I'm just curious. Um, Speaking to all of these women that are living in Nashville or living in Tennessee or even the South in general, if they're curious about spirituality or their self-care or that work-life balance as being a mom and career, what is maybe the best piece of advice that you can come up with to help introduce them to where they feel more balanced? Um, I, I would say start with yourself. I mean, I, I don't really have a... I, I need to listen to myself when I say this, you know, I think we all do, but um, it's easier to give advice than it is to take it. But I would say to try to focus on yourself first in whatever aspect that may be, you know, if it's taking yourself on a walk or if it's watching the Real Housewives, like to focus on yourself and finding yourself and to take care of yourself at that point. And then the next step would be like seeking out something else, whether it be um, listening to a podcast like this or going to yoga or finding a church group. It, just those like little baby steps to finding yourself, I think um, is a really great way to start. I love all of those. Sign me up for everyone. <laughs> Take me Housewives and all yoga. of it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it. watch Housewives. Yeah. Oh, or The Bachelor. I will take either. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Same. Oh, Nikki, you have been a delight. How can we find you if we want to have you as a podcast guest or to ask you for advice or anything? Thank you. Um, well, my Instagram is just my name, Nikki Burdine, N-I-K-K-I-B-U-R-D-I-N-E. Um, I have a website. You can find stuff on there. And uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to find me. Oh, perfect. Thank you so much. And then 